0: Hi, I'm Caroline, and this is The Active Yogi, the podcast that shares with you all things health and wellness related from a yoga, fitness, and well being perspective. We'll learn as a community how to find our strong foundations, both mentally and physically, along this journey of exploration together. Today I want to talk to you about the main factors of good health and I'm approaching it from a perspective of what are the different aspects of how we live that affect our ability to to be healthy, to have a strong immune system, a a, a well-nourished nervous system um, and all of the other things that need to be uh, taken care of inside of us for us to be able to uh, present and live in in a healthy way. And I think so many of us get caught up in focusing on our new year intentions, our new year goals, and often they're fixed around how we want to get um, better at running, we want to get stronger in the gym, we want to master handstand. Um, And some of us have bigger, wider reaching goals, of course, as well, but we tend to focus on one aspect of our life And over the last year, I have spent a huge amount of time trying to think about how is it that I have created this uh, way of living um, that gives me the opportunity to enjoy good health at the moment. And I think it's broken down into lots of different pieces. So for me, when I think about good health right now, I think about how often am I moving? Am I eating the right food? Am I sleeping enough? Am I hydrating properly? how are my stress levels? Um, I think about things like, do I do enough yoga? Do I sit still often enough? Am I meditating? Am I coming to my pranayama practice? How am I taking care of my nervous system? Am I taking care of my nervous system? Do I get enough of the right vitamins in my diet? Do I get enough sunshine? Do I get outside enough? Um, And then I'm bringing it back again to thinking about, well, Am I getting enough of the right hormones? Am I creating that right level of of what I call happy hormones? And then all of that comes back to um, am I educating myself or how am I educating myself to know if I'm on the right path? And none of these things are um, supposed to be perfect from my perspective, but it's just trying to broaden our awareness that we can make small life changes in every single part of um, our lives. There's not one simple fix that's going to allow us to suddenly prolong our life and, and be living a, a really healthy life. We need to be examining lots of different areas. So generally, our health and well-being is is maintained by a combination of some of those key factors that I was just talking about. And the outcome of healthy living isn't something that just happens to us, much as we might want it to be, right? Healthy living is made up of a series of of different habits, different actions and lifestyle choices that we're taking every single day. Um, And we have to think about this in terms of being geared towards our own self-care processes, Um, And then maintenance of those processes, maintenance of those lifestyle choices, and being aware that when, for example, we don't get enough sleep, that's going to have a knock-on effect potentially uh, to how well we deal with stress that day, which will perhaps have a a knock-on effect with, with how we fuel our body that day. Whether we take action to move and exercise, or, or whether we go home and sit on our sofa and, and feel frustrated and, and have a Netflix binge. Um, so, it's really thinking about how we can make these choices to uh, create the right path for us, yeah, the overall balance. So, I'm going to be talking about each of these 10 different simple things that we can do for our well being, for our overall health management, um, one by one. And when I talk about health management, I'm not really just meaning good health, but how can we be living our best life? How can we be living in our best health? Uh, And then how can we continue to take steps forward to to better um, our approach to living? Okay. The exciting piece about this is that all of the factors that make up good health are all within our control. And when we, um, when we think about how we can shape our lives and reprogram our, our way of approaching our habits, then it becomes even easier. So that's something I'm gonna talk about another time. But for now, I'm gonna come and just run through some of these simple things that we can do to uh, enhance our own health and the thing that i love is that we can literally choose to be healthy through the choices that we make on a daily basis we are the only person who can choose what we eat we can choose how often we move our body we can make sure that we set up a, a, a routine that allows us to have maximum hours of sleep that we need and all of this comes back to us And the fact that it comes back to us and gives us this sense of empowerment that we can make the changes that we need by ourselves um, allows us to start making those baby steps uh, towards fine-tuning our lifestyle for the better. So the first thing that I want to talk about is movement, our daily exercise and we're all aware that we should be moving our our body every single day and it doesn't mean that that's what always happens. And sometimes we put a pressure on ourselves that it has to be a certain type of movement and it has to be for a certain amount of time or it isn't valid. And I want to remind you that it only takes 20 to 30 minutes of regular exercise on a daily basis to keep us fit and healthy. And actually the nervous system benefits best from us doing different kinds of movement all the time. So for example, one day it might be that you go for a walk, okay, 20, 30 minute walk. Do a workout from a strength perspective, strength and conditioning. And then there's the opportunity maybe the next day to go swimming and then you come around and perhaps you're going to go for a a run um, or a a light jog and by doing this diverse range of of movement we're keeping um, ourselves healthy on so many levels that are good for the nervous system good for the brain and our neural pathways all of these things are are great for us committing to um, small manageable chunks of exercise every single day And exercise, it strengthens our muscles, it increases our flexibility. It gives us this sense of of feel-good factor from the happy hormones that we'll explore a little bit later. And it increases our bone density. Um, So there's so many things that are are working in our favor when we're we're moving, when we're getting regular exercise. It's also improving our lung capacity. Um, So when we're improving our lung capacity, that's aiding our ability to take a proper breath. And being able to take a proper breath allows us then to be able to not only tone our lungs better, to be able to um, get our breathing muscles working better. But when we're drawing a, a good amount of energy into our body, we're nourishing all of the other organs within our system as well. And more importantly, perhaps, or just as importantly, is that we can use the breath um, as a way to move from one part of the, the nervous system to the other so we can move away from the fight-or-flight mode that so many of us spend huge amounts of our time in and drop down into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest part of our nervous system. And, and we can use the breath to be able to then affect our mental health and well-being as well. So again, regular exercise not only improves our physical Physical body but it reduces our stress levels it helps us to sleep better and it improves our mood so for me movement is a win-win on so many levels um, that I don't think there's any reason for us not to get out there and make it happen so how can you add movement into your day? Well, there are some simple ways that you can do that. Think about how you, you enjoy moving. For some of us, it might be that you like to dance, you might like to run, it might be that um, gardening is your thing, hiking, swimming. You might take up running as a new hobby. I know a lot of us have taken up running in 2020. You might have a race that you're gearing towards as a focus. I want you to consciously choose to sit less, commit to standing more and walking around more. And um, maybe I'm even going to introduce the idea of more yoga in your life, okay? But there are plenty of of ways in which we can um, move on a daily basis. We just need to sit down, make a plan of action, think about what it is that excites us, and then schedule it in, make it happen. Second thing that we want to um, be thinking about as so crucial for for our health and our well-being on all of those um, physical and mental aspects of, of living as well is the nutrition, our diet, one of the most important factors that determines our health. So the quality of the food we eat, and most importantly, the nutrient level that it contains, um, is what determines whether we simply survive or whether we thrive. So if we are eating a healthy diet, it not only helps us to maintain a healthy weight, which is so fantastic for the the health of our joints and and ligaments and tendons that hold the skeleton together, uh, but it also steers us away from a a wide, wide range of, of lifestyle diseases and sicknesses. Um, It helps to keep our nervous system in check and it also helps to keep our our mental health on on a a good plane as well. So we want to be thinking about the kinds of foods that we're eating, right? It all comes down to... um, calories in terms of nutrient-rich calories versus empty calories. So we want to be making sure that where possible, we're eating a diet that consists of real nutrient-filled whole foods. And we want to be, as best we can, eliminating or reducing um, processed food. So our food should provide um, carbohydrates, protein, fats, vitamins, antioxidants, and all of the minerals that are essential for our, our well-being. So we should be really thinking about our our food as fuel, fuel for our brain, fuel for our muscles, fuel for our different systems within of us. And that's going to then help us longer term to create a better immune system as well. And we should ideally be drinking eight glasses of, of good mineral water a day in order to keep ourselves hydrated and maintain good health. And a lot of us are simply cutting short on that, myself included. And we really need this. And, and some of us who are living in warmer climates, or those of us who are exercising uh, perhaps more than, than others, longer races or, or whatever it might be, we in fact need to be drinking even more water. And the key thing about water is that it helps to aid a healthy digestion and it keeps our cells hydrated, it keeps everything on the inside of us functioning properly. So simple ways that I have started to um, make sure that I'm drinking enough is to set alarms in my phone. And I'm not even joking. I have alarms in my phone that remind me at proper intervals during the day to make sure that I'm getting my eight cups of water in. And I really start to notice the difference in my, uh, my, my mental state when I am hydrated well and when I'm not. And same thing in my physical body as well. I feel sluggish and lethargic and, and tired and fatigued when I'm not drinking properly, and then I feel alert and awake, and everything just flows more easily when I'm, I'm properly hydrated. Something that I always underestimate is just how important a role sleep plays in our mental health and our physical health and our, our general well-being. And so many of us are cutting corners when it comes to sleep. We're burning the candle at both ends and it's something I'm working on as well at the moment. Going to bed at a sensible time so that I can make sure I'm getting at least seven hours if not more hours of sleep every single evening. A full night's sleep is so important for us to be able to give our body time to regenerate and recharge and we should really be aiming for for no less than seven hours, more if we can. So many of us struggle with this, so many of us end up sitting up late watching uh, movies or scrolling through our screens and our devices um, or still working into the late hours, particularly those of us who have a, a really busy working day already. It's almost as though we want to enjoy that spare time in the evening to the maximum and we don't really realize just how much we need that physically and mentally and the body needs this time that we're sleeping to be able to take care of its metabolic functions. so it's the time when we're repairing our damaged cells uh, recharging tired cells and and getting rid of toxins in the body and sleep is really really helping the central nervous system to be able to operate uh, effectively Sleep is also needed for us to be able to to um, develop and continue to develop our cognitive awareness and our cognitive skills such as learning and, and remembering information. Um, so it's really, really vital for, for us. And something that we forget is that consistent lack of sleep can have quite a serious effect on our physical and mental well-being. So it's not just something that we're going to feel a little tired and sleepish for a couple of days but this long-term consistent lack of getting that minimum hour of sleep each night is going to affect our mental well-being so we really need to try to um, to manage that effectively so that we can minimize the stress levels that can then in turn have an effect on our immune system so how do we create this good sleep rhythm and as a new mom i can give you my advice that when i'm trying to put my daughter to sleep we've created a a simple bedtime routine and we start to turn the lights down a little bit before bed and we slow things down, we read a book, we take time away from the, the toys And we prepare ourselves mentally and physically for sleep time. And as adults, we need to be doing this as well. So think about how you can create a calming, nurturing bedtime routine. And this might include um, removing exposure um, or removing your exposure to artificial lights throughout the evening, uh, making sure that you're not taking in caffeine late into the evening, you're eating sleep-inducing foods for dinner. You're moving away from your phone, moving away from your laptop, maybe reading a book, um, taking time to listen to a nidra or a meditation or a pranayama. All of these things can create a really sleep-friendly environment for us and are so good for our well-being as well as our immune system health, right? Now, stress management is another aspect that we want to be taking care of uh, as much as we can. When we're stressed, the body is producing this stress hormone and cortisol and adrenaline are running through the, the body, through the system. And these hormones decrease the body's ability to fight against infections, which can make us more susceptible to different um, levels of, of sickness and viruses that are running around um, on the outside world. And we want to be able to um, assume that stress is going to be a part of our life. And a certain amount of stress is good for us. A lot of us work harder under pressure. We we work better when the deadline is looming, for example. Um, But we want to be able to to know when is an acceptable amount of stress and when is it becoming something that risks us having longer-term effects from it. So we need to be able to anticipate those moments in our life when we're under more pressure, um, when we know that there are going to be stressful periods coming up. So for some of us, that's right before we take a holiday. Um, It's right before that Christmas period. For some of us, it's the start of the new year. Whatever it is in, in your work plan or your life plan, anticipating that and being able to fill in and work around those busy times an opportunity to restore a sense of balance in your lives physically and mentally that's coming back to healthy systems and routines so planning and creating these systems that allow you to really easily find balance uh, before those stressful periods and then having those systems in place that recognize when you need to pause and recharge your energy. So it's natural again for us to have these ups and downs in our lives so where possible, if we can put the groundwork in before stress arrives, we start from a calmer place, okay? So we're not starting our stressful period from a place of depletion. We're starting from this calm, grounded, full cup perspective. Things that we can do to create this healthier stress response is having a positive mental attitude. So some of the things that I start to implement into my world are are things such as a daily gratitude practice, having daily rituals that I start and end my day with that create this feeling of mindfulness. And these practices of of clearing my mind at the start of the day with my journal and then finishing my day with a practice of gratitude and recognizing when I need to take myself away from a situation, move my body when I need to sit down and and take a breath or, or meditate for however long I have... These, these practices encourage a calmer state of mind, and those practices can then, by changing the state of your mind, actually change our body chemistry as well. So we build up a healthier immune system as a result of these um, stress relief management systems. The perfect way in which we can uh, implement stress management is from sprinkling a regular meditation practice into our day-to-day lives and meditating is such a smart way for calming and soothing your nerves and as we know the nerves are responsible for the functioning of all of our voluntary conscious responses our involuntary responses and what meditation can do is help to regulate our heart rate it can lower our blood pressure levels it can slow down our breathing rate and calm us down so it moves us into this parasympathetic nervous system where we are acknowledging that we're safe we're sending the signals to the to the brain our central nervous system that we're okay and in response the body unwinds tension starts to to melt away There are neuroscientific studies now which is so exciting that are showing that meditation increases blood flow, reduces blood pressure um, and and reduces the risk of people developing hypertension as well which is is such a great finding. People are much less likely to get stuck in these cycles of depression and exhaustion because they're getting better able to control their behaviour, their reactions and their responses to the stress signals in their life. Now, in our modern fast lives, we don't always know how to pay proper attention to what it is that we're doing. And we miss so much of the the valuable parts of our lives. We miss experiences. We miss conversations. We tune out when we're listening to people because we're racing ahead in our thoughts. So we're missing out on that opportunity for for connection with people. And sometimes this can result in overthinking, overanalyzing, and it's a perpetual downward cycle. So thinking about how we can implement a meditation practice can be as simple as as committing to paying attention to our thoughts, committing to paying attention to our feelings and our bodily sensations. Um, So that quickly makes us directly aware of what's happening from the inside out. And then that gives us the awareness piece that then helps us to be able to know how to manage them. Okay, So some of those practices that I talked about earlier, moments of gratitude, moments of journaling, Um, And then naturally leading us into this calmer state of mind to sit down and and welcome in a meditation practice into our our day to day routine as well. It doesn't have to be a long practice. It can be for two minutes and then building up and building up as we feel like we're, we're finding that a more comfortable experience for us. The nervous system is one of the crucial parts of the human body. It's responsible for reacting to both internal and external stimuli through a number of physical actions and it's carrying out so many vital bodily functions as well. And These typically include taking care of our digestion, uh, the beating of our heart, how we respond to to pain, regulating our breathing, regulating our emotions, our body temperature, maintaining good posture, even strengthening the body so that we can survive the day-to-day pressure and enjoy long-term a better quality of life. So everything your body does is connected in some way to your nervous system. It's telling your lungs to breathe, it's controlling the way you move, the words that you say, how you think and learn, and it also controls your senses and memories. So many interesting things going on on the inside when we start to pay attention and learn a little bit more and educate ourselves on, on these things. How do we keep our nervous system healthy? Well, it's essential for our well-being that we take some time to really learn uh, the skills that we need to keep the nervous system healthy. And these include exercising daily, so moving our body every day, sleeping well, eating well, so good nutrition, good hydration, good food, um, getting enough vitamin D, which I'm going to talk about more in a moment, in the form of sunlight, meditating, which we talked about before, drinking green tea is meant to be very beneficial, and then walking barefoot in nature on the grass as much as we can and it's a very similar list to the things that we're talking about right now so if you're um, making these changes to each of the areas that I'm talking about in this podcast today you're going to be walking in the right line to keep your nervous system healthy as well Studies have shown that the sun reduces the risk of suffering from a whole range of health conditions. It's one of the best ways for us to fortify the health of our central nervous system. So taking time every day, perhaps in the morning for about 10 minutes, is enough for us to boost our body's nervous system and at the same time obtain enough vitamin D for our healthy state of mind as well. Now, how do you make time? Well, it's all about having these habits and these routines, isn't it? So perhaps when you take your morning tea or your coffee or coconut, whatever you're you're drinking in the morning, take a moment to step outside into your garden um, to enjoy drinking it maybe during your lunch break at work you can commit to walking around the block or around the streets or the local park for a moment or two there as well some of us can think about setting an alarm to wake up with the sun and go outside and watch the sun rising and then use that opportunity to set a positive intention for this brand new day so there's plenty of ways in which we can add this habit into existing habits which is called habit stacking and that's a really nice easy way to make sure that these new things uh, become a part of your daily routine. Second to last, but not least, is happiness. And happiness really, really is important to having a healthy lifestyle. Happiness leads to a better function of immune system, a better functioning digestive system. It helps with better sleep, better appetite. It prevents us from getting into these anxious downward spirals that can come our way from time to time. And it's really important for us that we're actually enjoying every day of our life. So for me, this means taking stock of of what you enjoy in your life. What is it that fills you up with with a sense of uh, purpose and making sure that you're doing enough of that? Are you surrounding yourself with the people that you like? Do you feel like you're experiencing your purpose? Are you doing what you love every day? Now, happy hormones include dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. And you can build really good supplies of these by getting outside often and moving your body, whether it be walking, running, hiking, cycling, moving your body often and daily through exercise is going to give you a good source of happy hormones taking time to laugh with friends, cook a good, healthy meal, enjoy stress relievers like yoga and meditation, even a hot bath, a nice bubble bath at the end of the day, listening to some music as you unwind, all of these things are going to lift and elevate your mood. And for me, the most important thing is about educating ourselves. And education means taking time to learn how to fill ourselves up with knowledge on how to stay healthy. And education is the most important care factor, as every other factor that we've considered already in this conversation depends upon it. So when we understand the benefits of implementing some of these simple um, day-to-day habits and what they can do for our health, the hows and whys of doing these different things, then we're much more likely to make changes in our habits to welcome these new healthy pathways and routines into our existing world. So taking time to really understand Um, and and fill your knowledge bank up. And it's it's really good for our brain to constantly be digesting this information about how we can take care of ourselves. And as you learn more, be sure to share it with other people around you. People empowering other people is the way in which we're going to make much more of an impact in terms of spreading the word about how to have this wonderful, healthy, uh, empowered existence on our day-to-day lives. I hope that this has been useful for you. And if any of you have any questions, I would love to speak to you more about it. So please feel free to give me some feedback. Let me know how you found it. Any extra things that you're doing at the moment to take care of yourself, anything you're struggling with at the moment, how can you think about turning that around so that you can enjoy this abundant life of of health and, and well-being? Thanks for joining guys.